From APM American Public Media, this is the American Radio Works podcast. I'm Stephen Smith. In November, a new social studies book about the Black Lives Matter movement will be available for middle school and high school students nationwide. And as you might imagine, it is igniting some controversy. And it's, it's indoctrinating young kids, teaching them that black people are victims. And by the way, you as white people ought to feel really, really guilty about it. Never mind the election and re-election of a black president. As far as they're concerned, nothing's happened in the last 50 years. That was radio talk show host Larry Elder appearing on Fox News back in August. Duchess Harris is an American studies professor at McAllister College in St. Paul and one of the authors of the Black Lives Matter book, Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So why did you write it? What were you trying to do? Well, I was actually invited into the project. It's done by Avdo Press, which is in Edina. And they had originally reached out to Sue Bradford Edwards, who is a journalist who lives in Florissant. Missouri. And so she had covered Ferguson. So she initially started writing the book. And then they wanted someone with my background, my academic training, to make sure that it was framed historically. And so I was brought into it. And that's why I stumbled upon the project. Uh, Is the assumption that school kids don't get enough or haven't gotten enough good information on what is happening with African-Americans in this country? That has been my experience. I actually was teaching at McAllister last night, and um, we were talking about what students get in high school, and it's very little. Why do you think that is? Is it just because controversial topics are things that social studies or history or whatever teachers in high school try to avoid? And it's partly what we still consider what the curriculum is. Like right now, there are conversations about what should be on the advanced placement exams and, you know, what counts for honors history. And things like the civil rights movement get very little attention and not very much detail. And um, other events are considered more important. My son goes to a very uh, diverse uh, St. Paul, you know, urban school, and I have friends whose kids go to, you know, quite the opposite schools where there are practically no people of color. Is this book going to work in both places? I'm hoping that it will work everywhere. We put a lot of effort into it to um, give a very balanced approach, which is nice that I'm working with a journalist. Um, It's pitched at an eighth grade level. And for instance, we lay out an event like Trayvon Martin, George Zimmerman, and we say, this is what, you know, the George Zimmerman's point of view is. This is what Trayvon Martin's um, family's point of view is. This is how the jury was selected. This is the trial. And it's for conversation. Is the fundamental premise, though, that black lives are under attack in this country? Somewhat. I mean, the actual premise of it is to explain how that movement started three years ago, how it came about in 2012 after Trayvon Martin, why that name came about and who the people are in the forefront of making this movement happen. How do you respond to the critics like Larry Elder, whose clip we heard uh, at the beginning of this podcast, who you know, argue or they say that your book frames black kids as victims and will alienate white kids um, with guilt. Well, I thought it was fascinating because actually um, I come from a family, we don't have television, so I didn't even know it had happened. And my co-author contacted me and sent me the link on the internet. And I was quite amused because no one has a copy of the book. And so what he's really opposed to is the idea of the book. Um, which I think says a lot about um, people's fears about what their children learn about. Does the book deal with the um, the sort of, I wouldn't call it a counter movement, but the other movement called All Lives Matter, which is argues that we shouldn't be 
uh, focusing just on one ethnicity or one race in this country? I mean, we do talk about resistance. One of the things that we talk about is when Eric Holder was attorney general, when he went to Missouri, how there were residents in Missouri who thought that he would be biased because he's African-American. So we definitely talk about the resistance and the pushback. What kind of conversation would you hope this will provoke among students in classrooms who are of different backgrounds? I think one of the important things, for instance, when I was teaching last night was, um, is this the first time this has happened, right? That's what young people will often say. And so just to have the conversation that's like, well, actually, if you go back to Reconstruction, things like this happened. If you go after World War II, these things happened. And so just to frame it historically that there's always been um, you know, resistance around these issues. Students today might otherwise think that the civil rights movement is over, that it either it accomplished what it needed to accomplish or it ran out of steam. That's kind of one of the conventional uh, narratives out there. I mean, it is. In fact, last night I was showing a clip from Eyes on the Prize and the students were amazed at how almost everyone in the documentary is still alive. And so it's not just that it's over. In their mind, the difference between the civil rights movement and Reconstruction might be 10 years as opposed to 100. And so a lot of people think that legal segregation was the 19th century, when the truth of the matter is we were desegregating the University of Mississippi in 1962, which was only 53 years ago. Yeah. Do you think that uh, school students, black kids, have any better understanding of this history than white kids? or is See, not necessarily. I think that is an excellent question. I think people assume um, if, you know, your parents um, are African-American, that they have this vast knowledge of um, the history that there is in America. That might not be the case. You know, my kids have a different experience because I'm their mom, right? But well, I, this is what I right, this is what I do for a living, right? So that that's a completely different thing. But I mean, you know, I have relatives that um, aren't raising their kids with, um, you know, the historical information that my husband and I provide. So what has been the response so far from public schools? Are you selling a lot of books? Well, I mean, what's fascinating is um, just on Tuesday, I had breakfast with Kevin Donovan, who's the head of the school board for the state. And we were talking about the kind of impact that this book could have. Roseville um, Public Library wants me to do three sessions on it. I definitely have gotten interest. Um, one of my children goes to Lord Jeffrey Academy in St. Paul, and it's fifth through eighth grade girls middle school, and the entire school is going to read it. So given the fact that it actually is not in print yet, I feel like there's definitely been some interest. If this book is ultimately successful, what does that look like for you? To me, it looks like comfortable conversation. That That's really what it looks like to me, that it's actually used in a classroom and that there's dialogue and students feel comfortable asking questions and teachers feel comfortable dealing with the material and that we can go forward in that direction. That, to me, would be great. But comfortable conversation takes a lot more than a book. It takes people actually being willing to talk about one of the most sensitive issues that, that you know, we have today. I mean, one of the best analogies I would make is this is how we've dealt with sexual education in schools, right? And so, you know, people consider that a very difficult topic. Some schools deal with it, some don't. But, you know, once you approach it, the more comfortable the teachers get with it, the more comfortable the parents get with it, um, we end up having much more educated children.
The schools you're mentioning are all places in Minnesota. What about nationwide? Actually, I've heard from people all over the country. I heard from someone in Egypt. And so um, lots of interest throughout the nation. Mostly actually. in the north? Um, you know, that's a good question. No, no. I've gotten some interest in North Carolina, Atlanta. Um, so definitely um, some southern places as well. Duchess Harris, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. Duchess Harris is a professor of American Studies at McAllister College in St. Paul, Minnesota. She's the author of Black Lives Matter, a book for school students that will be available in November from Abdo Publishing. And full disclosure, I teach a writing class at McAllister College in the English department. You can find a link to Professor Harris's work at our website, AmericanRadioWorks.org. While you're there, you can find podcasts about issues in higher education and K-12 education. You can browse the archive of more than 100 documentary projects. You can also let us know what you think of our coverage. We'd like to know what kinds of shows or podcasts have changed how you think about an issue. Has anything we've done led you to do something or start a conversation? Let us know at AmericanRadioWorks.org. We are on Facebook at American.RadioWorks, and we're on Twitter at AMRadioWorks. Support for American Radio Works comes from Lumina Foundation, the Spencer Foundation, and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM, American Public Media.